BP added more than $70 billion to the U.S. economy in 2022. Investments like acquiring America's largest biogas producer, Arkea Energy, and starting up new infrastructure in the Gulf of Mexico. It's and, not or. See what doing both means for energy nationwide at bp.com slash investing in America. As a professional welder, Shayna Ford uses Forge FX to practice over and over, which helps her improve her skills. The more muscle memory that you have, the smoother your weld is. Learn more at meta.com slash metaverse impact. LPN Deep Dives presents A Court of Thorns and Roses. With Natalie Jean and Jackie Zabrowski. Man, this wig is too blonde. I'm going to need to work on this a little bit. Just put some, yeah, just get like a spray can, just go... I actually think I will. Yeah. Like, I honestly, don't know, I don't know if it'll melt like Rudy G- Giuliani style as we talk, but I might try to spray it. I don't think you're going to be desperately sweating as much as Rudy Giuliani does. Although I don't I, know. I, I, I don't can't know. speak for your sweat status. I don't know. Who am I to speak for thine sweat? I'm a bit of a Rudy. <laughs> Ew. Uh, yeah. Don't tell your husband. Let's never talk about Rudy Giuliani again yeah. during Akatar. I'm like nauseous right now <laughs> because we're talking about See, him. See, that's my game. Now I'll try to make you back to aroused uh, with our <laughs> That's what we like to do here at Akatar. Take you from nauseous. Turn it back around into aroused. And then scare all of your partners away because they're like, I don't know what to do with you. And maybe I don't develop, know where your head is at. Develop some weird fetishes, I guess. Yeah, sure. Some know. nausea fetishes. Ugh, I, hate I it. love having a puke time. You know that people have that. Oh, for sure. Uh, uh, you're right. You know what? I'm sorry. No kink shame. I, no kink shame. No, you like I will, to get puked I will on. shame it. <laughs> That's fine. I to feel shame. like just make sure your eyes are closed and that your mouth is closed. <laughs> Aroused <laughs> from no, oh, no around <laughs> the Natalie Jean story. <laughs> um. Uh, okay. So here. Are you scared out. of me? Ah! Ah! ah well, you see, I have sex with my brother. Oh, you better explain what that means. Oh, should I? All right. Especially I to guess. those not watching the video of this. <laughs> I'm Branach. Although, even if you looked at the video, I don't think that you could tell who I am. <laughs> I tried to be Branach. But I don't even know how to say your name. So maybe I think this... you're like a very good Branach based on the little bits of art that we've received of her. Yeah. She's pale skinned and dark hair. Pale skinned, dark hair. She's Beautiful. very becloaked a lot. She's, so yes. I wanted to bring a lot. I, I brought some cloak action in here today. But I Not like cloaca. Cloak. Little, very different. <laughs> little skin showing. Yeah, just a little, just a little top breast. Oh, just the top. For oh, you cannot handle the whole jug. <laughs> <laughs> Is that what you say to Dagdaw? Dagden? Yes, my brother lover. Twinsy. Don't have sex with Henry, even though we are like, we're like comedy twins. You know, we're not real twins. 
We're comedy twins. Very different than real twins. Yeah. I could be see you guys as fraternal twins. Yeah. We could have that. It's the nose. It's all in the nose. Everyone says, you guys don't look the same. And I was like, it's all in the nose. Yeah. And then you say, it's all in the nose with that voice. And everybody's <laughs> like, stop talking about and it. I go, and yeah, it's all in the nose. Oh, it's a cocaine joke. Um, I guess. But it, uh, neither one of us <laughs> do cocaine. No. No, no. Maybe, no, we're just naturally like this. I guess you could be really cool and, and metal and do uh, like snort your aspirin that way. Yeah, that's true. Like the pic- Were you one of the pixie snick- snicks? Were you a snixer? I don't know what that. You ever you used said. to? I used to snort. I used to be the one that like I pay you a dollar to snort an Altoid, and I would snort an Altoid. I was that person. Uh, doesn't that hurt? Yeah, but it, like gives you a rush. Really? Yeah, mm. it really does. Like it, it hurts your brain. It makes you like like almost see stars for a second. And then I was like, no wonder I did so many drugs. I was the one. Do I was snorting that or Adderall? Well, I was well. doing that. <laughs> I was well. doing that. <laughs> but also pixie sticks. Oh. Okay, well, Gives let's not get into any more of what we've done and do- not done in our 20s. Can you die from... No, that was that was high school. Thank you very much. Oh, yeah, me too. <laughs> uh, <laughs> no, I meant the pixie sticks and the Altoids. Uh, uh, okay. But, okay, yeah, wait. no, we're, we're clean. <gasps> I'm clean! Except for my brain. My brain's... Vi- oh, as I just... She got too excited. Rattled She's, my coffee around. squirted her liquids out. Whoopsie. We'll worry Oops. about that later. Um, okay, wait. So hear, hear me also, out. Also, I feel like I never speak towards to the people that are um, not watching the, my gallon of coffee that I, I've got my special cup that takes two cans of coffee. It's a lot it. of It's a lot. <laughs> really. Mm, don't worry. There's water, too. Looks like you're at Oktoberfest right now. <laughs> um, have you heard of Tony Mufad? No. He is one of the people who gets thrown out as a Reese. Okay. And he is quite handsome, I will say. Okay. Well, uh, let me see about that. Whoa. <laughs> Whoa. Babo, Babo, I'm in trouble. <laughs> you know that that is what the bus driver says in Hocus Pocus towards the witches? Because now Jeff and I quote that to each other all the time. Babo, Babo, I'm in trouble. <laughs> Um, I want to have sex with this person, consensually. <laughs> <laughs> and if this person is Reese, okay. Um, yeah, you guys, check him out and give us your thoughts wow. on what you think of him. He is a beautiful man. Wow. Um, also a really gifted artist, but he's mostly a model. Uh, and he's wow. like 30, so it's like an appropriate age. Wow. Because I think some of the other people who was... Oh, okay. Who, okay. No, all right, all right, <laughs> calm down. <laughs> he's... He is an attra- respectfully very attractive human being. Yeah. <laughs> he has a Reese vibe, I will say. If yes. nothing else, he could also be, I think, an Asriel. He's got I can the moody eyes. Although I don't know if he's in my brain, Asriel's like like more like like bigger and more like like a Greek god. This guy's pretty tall and big. Oh yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Oh, he's tall and big, too. Huh? <laughs> you um, just, from nauseated to aroused, the Natalie Jean story. Thank you so much. Yes, he's 6'2". Yes, he is big. Oh, he's German. He's German in, I think, Persian? Wow. Um, <laughs> so that's just one of the people that's been thrown out. So just, guys, check it out, see what you think. So 
let's get back into the story. Okay. Now that I'm I'm ready, even though this isn't like necessarily a, a horny it's part. It's not. And, also, and actually, Rison's not really in this episode, unfortunately. No, that's why I'm becloaked. Because you're in mourning? I'm in mourning for my bat boys. There's very little amount of bat boys in this episode. But you can think about them and imagine them. Okay. Yeah. So they, we return. This is back to where Feyre has... It is now the summer solstice, the second one. And if you recall, the first one was a very magical time for Feyre. Because it was where she finally let herself go and danced to the fiddle. Remember, oh, yeah. He fiddles? was fiddling all about... Fiddling all about. And she drank the drink that made her all high. And she danced and she danced. Mm. And then she kissed him at the dawn. <gasps> Much of it looks the same as last year, but there is, of course, a change. Ayanthi is here now. Mm, this biatch. And she wants things done a little differently. Much like our religious holidays that have merged pagan and Christian beliefs, she wants to, everyone to be sad and miserable before they can have a party. So this year, they will be partaking in a religious tradition amongst the priestesses, priestesses, where everyone has to get up before dawn and stand in a field. Cool. Yeah. Thanks. To, to be honest, I think it would be rad to do a summer ritual where people watch the sunrise. Sure. But she's not doing it for thanks or love or joy. I feel like you do that after you've partied all night long. That's And then everyone stays up, you watch the sunrise, and then the celebration is over. Yeah, I could see that you for know? sure. Yeah, which is what they kind of did last year. Because if you recall, like, her and Tamlin, like, went into the field and did their little slow dance. And they watched the the field with the creatures go, like, <laughs> and it was, like, magical. And they watched the sunrise. But this year, they're starting with the sunrise. And she's not really doing it for anything other than herself. She wants to make herself look important, and Feyre can see right through her. Just bring in your Boros Snoros in here. Yep. Feyre wonders whether the summer court's summer solstice is similar and laments over how her budding friendship turned out with Tarquin, the, you know, the lord, because as you recall, she has a blood ruby out for her. Yeah. But he's so cute. He is. In my brain, he's very cute. And a good man. Yes. A good male. A good, yes, also a good male. Thank uh, you. Not a human. Yeah. Uh, not a human. Never a human. So not like us, us boring, stupid. Humans. No, not right now. I'm Brock. Yeah, you're Brock. <laughs> um. So while she worries about this retaliation from the summer court, still she remembers that he has yet to actually provide information to the spring court about the night court visit, and so it's not totally a wash yet because he could have already sold all this information to the spring court. Mm -hmm. Now that Alice, Barkface, yes. Has been in a bit of the, uh, the know about Feyre's deeds. She also has kind of helped her, without saying it, helped her like craft this look for herself. So she helps her find this white cloak and a, and a white flowers Whoa. to put in her hair. She like would, Natalie Jean. Oh, me? <laughs> I feel so weird in this white dress. I, I don't, it, it's like not me at all. It doesn't make you feel more pure. <laughs> no, <laughs> oh, I mean, oh. I think that ship sailed a long time ago, nice. and um, yeah, cool. I had sex. Yeah. Um, my brother's her husband. Yep. And not before, Dagden. Though. Before I, him, I was a virgin. Yes. And As we all. I mean, we had to make sure. That you oh were yeah, pure. you did the you did the premarital exam. Yeah. Um. So. I mean, even my my wedding dress wasn't 
white like this. So um, Hell yeah. I, I guess in ballets I've worn white. Anyway, uh, so yes, she was. she's riding in on a cer- like the ceremonial white horse. She's a real angel. Mm-hmm. In devil's shadows. If I had wanted to paint a picture of serene purity, it would have been the image I cast that morning. My hair braided above my head, a crown of white hawthorn blossoms upon it. I dabbed rouge onto my cheeks and lips, a slight hint of color, like the first blush of spring across a winter landscape. An angel! Oh my god, you're so breathy. You must be pure now. (laughs) That's how you know if someone's pure if they talk like that. That's when you go, oh yeah, oh that breathiness of an angel, huh? (laughs) Hi-yas! That sounds like a snake. Yeah! Because I'm in the cloak. A virginal snake. Aw, cute. Yeah. She writes to this site in the fields of the spring court where Ianthi has set up this altar, which, despite her best effort, sounds pretty rad. Like this flower altar set up at the dawn. They all gather for the sunrise to signify the beginning of summer. So it's like Tamlin and like some of his court and some of the sentries and stuff. And... He, Tamlin looks longingly at Feyre here, and I almost feel bad for him. Almost. Her in this white dress with the wedding fiasco, plus he's probably remembering the joy they had last year at the other one. And so he was so happy and sweaty and sexy last time. Man, fiddling all about. Now he's all dry and frowny. Not fiddling. All Not about. fiddling. <laughs> nah. And Akatar, she was a child, and now she is a queen. Mm hmm. A high lady of the night court. Mm. And Feyre almost also feels pity for him here because he is pitiful. Yeah. Um, But then recalls all of the foolish and self-serving decisions he's made in the last year and the pity party is over. I love what Moss has done with Tamlin. I love that, like, you hate him. Mm. But then there's just these moments where you're just like, oh, you're just misguided and you thought that that was right and it really really wasn't and I know that we shouldn't feel bad for him but then these times where I'm just mm-hmm. like man that's gotta suck yeah she does she does like help ride that line of you almost wanted to villainize him and then he's not really like there's like redeeming moments he does the save the cat over and over but then like kind of like kicks the cat and then he like saves the cat again which is abuse it is abuse um, no it's like a little abuse <laughs> easily but he also is not he isn't a monster he really isn't um and there are these moments where like yes he deserves this but i do feel sad for him because he does desperately love her and he's trying to to appease her and she's just like i'm going to destroy you from the inside you bitch you don't even know you don't even know <laughs> um so Ianthi begins her little song and dance as the, you know, the gray light is starting to show as the Hibernian creep twins sneer at everyone. Ah, yes, we have sex with each other. <laughs> that's that's all what they say. <laughs> that's all Bronox says. Yes. It's just really just, I thought that they were just going to keep like intimating about the fact that like maybe the twins have sex with each other, but they just straight up was like, they fuck. Pretty much. Oh, they have sex with each other. We see in the scenes fo- coming forward, they are sort of like preying on people s- together. So God knows what they're doing in there. I mean, in that you tent, know. Oh, in that private tent the they have. Pri- yeah, just like butt up next to everybody. 
I ignored the royals as Ianthe lifted her hands and called to the crowd behind us. A blessed solstice to us all! Shut up. She follows with a bunch of sanctimonious rituals, you know, like pouring stuff. She spins in a circle. She talks down everybody and, like, does gestures. And... Then she comes to a part that Feyre has learned of already, since Feyre suddenly is extremely interested in, in assisting Ianthe with preparations. Ianthe instructs Tamlin and Jurian to stand at her side as the sun just begins to crest the horizon. That leaves Lucian and Feyre alone, with Ianthe's intentions to leave them to the side of the trio of powerful Fae. So in Ianthe's mind, she's like brought the the, the Lord and the Hibernians to her side for this thing. She's the spectacle she's about to pull off. Oh, get over yourself, bitch. But Feyre has already realized that this is a ploy by her to do a bit of performance art to benefit herself. She has gone out of her way to make herself look very special in this moment, even pulling her hood down to reveal her long blonde hair for this moment. She goes to a spot flanked by these powerful males, Jurian and Tamlin, and upraises her arms. It's very pointed where she's standing. Her little choir girl acolytes have placed a rock previous to the ceremony for her to stand specifically in the right spot. But she doesn't want people to know that. She wants this big reveal to be the stunning magical entrance. The sun rose, a held gilded note echoing through the land. The crowd began to murmur, murmur, murmur then murmur, cry murmur, out. Murmur, murmur. Oh! Not at Ianthe, but at me. <gasps> at me, resplendent and pure and white, beginning to glow with the light of the day as the sun's path flowed directly over me instead. Fuck you, bitch. Fuck you, you. Thought you were going to get get that light. You're not going to get that light. It doesn't shine through you. It shines through another bitch. That's what you get, Ianthe. Oh, my, me? Yeah, what? You, what? And my eyes so powerful. Oh, my goodness. I love it. I love it. What a <laughs> slappity, slappity, slap in the face. That's because Feyre knew of Ianthe's plan and has ever so slightly moved the marker using Tamlin and Helion's wind powers while nobody was looking. So she just slid the rock a little bit over for Ianthe. <laughs> it's such a, it's such a, like a fuck you, yeah. fun thing to do. It's a very like mean girl, like uh, real housewives. You can see them yeah, like, doing Yeah, but that. also gaslighting the hell out of everybody. Feyre <laughs> yeah. is totally just oh, like, yeah. I was like, what? Oh. Did maybe, did the rock, no, the rock couldn't have moved. You the must have been wrong. The sun must have moved for me. <laughs> um, yeah, so it's funny too. The visual is very funny because Ianthe doesn't notice. So she's still standing in the dark like this. Arms up, just being like, I'm the queen of it all. And then she turns around and realizes everyone's staring at Farah and gawking. She's like in the dark. Yeah, but you learn that first thing in theater school. Find your light, Find bitch. your light. Find that light. Ugh. So, not satisfied with this slap alone, she unleashes, uh, Feyre unleashes her day court light and lights up like a lantern. Sick. She acts shocked. And Ianthe has to be like, wow, just like I, I planned for it. <laughs> I wanted her to glow. Oh, I did it. Um, the people are stunned and begin to whisper, blessed curse breaker. Feyre's like, oh, well, I... 
I suppose. I think if everyone was like murmur chanting my name, I think that I would slip off of the rock. Like I'd just be like, yes, I'm like, I'd be so powerful that I'd just like be wet. You know, you're right. I am, I am <coughs> a blessed curse breaker. It's like choke. Um, you got so excited you choked. I you're did. like Wendy. <coughs> um, <laughs> my throat's so tiny. <laughs> when she drinks water too fast, then she goes. <coughs> it's because she's so dainty, like me. Oh, I love Wendy. I do too. Um, <laughs> just talking about dogs. I you miss know. her. I wish she was here. Yeah, she would have a lot to add to this. <laughs> she would. I don't think Auntie Jackie should be making jokes about fucking daddy. And I'd be like, Yeah, I'm sorry, Wendy. Then I have to have a big conversation with her about sex and, like, what consent uh, is. You haven't had that conversation no, with her she's yet? she's not thinking about sex. She's only, like, 55 years old. Yeah, you're right. They stop. We're going to stop no, in a couple of years. No, no, she hasn't started oh, yet. Oh, she hasn't started mm-hmm. yet. Well, you know what? Different strokes. Yep. Kapoor. Kapoor. So Feyre reaches toward Lucian in this moment, and though he's unaware of her plan— she, he just wants to get under Ianthe's skin, and it's enough for him to drop to his knee and bring her hand to his brow. Like, Sick. <gasps> I love that he falls in line where he's like, yeah, no, oh, we saying fuck Ianthe right yeah. now? Yeah, 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 sure, yeah. <laughs> yeah. And that is awkward. Um, and all the others in, ten- in attendance also go, go to their knee, and everyone's just, like, revering. Raising her, like the beginning of Lion King. Yeah. <laughs> when I looked to Ianthe and smiled again. I let a little bit of the wolf show. <laughs> she looks pure, but she's dirty at a core. Mm-hmm. So the rest of the solstice celebration <laughs> is a- why I said it like that. I just yucked myself. It's a Jersey out. Shore. Yeah, it's uh, we've been watching a lot of Jersey Shore on Thursdays, and we're into Jersey Shore family vacation now. Oh, wow. You're, oh, yeah. you're doing all of them. Oh, we're doing all of it. You know what's great? The Jersey Shore family vacation. Really? Yep. Have they matured? No. No, no, no. But they all have kids. <laughs> God. <laughs> Are they still, like, doing the fist pump bar stuff? Oh, yeah. Ugh. Trying not to cheat on their partners. Oh, I don't know. <laughs> I don't know if I'm in for that. Yeah, you know, you can look, but you can't touch. Get crazy. Get wild. Get crazy. Get wild. You want to have something? Do something crazy. Man, you're not watching enough Jersey Shore. I guess so. <laughs> um, <laughs> the rest of Solstice celebration is akin to last year's with parties and hobnobbing and canoodling. Yes, please. Well, not with Faye and Tamlin this time, but presumably the other Faye are doing kissing. Mm-hmm. I would just assume. Faye steals away at one point and manages to get some mental pictures of what happened to Rizan down the bond. He laughs and they share that they wish that they could spend this day together. Aww. It brings a heaviness to her heart, but she pushes it aside because she has issues to attend to. As she's a wolf and she she's clothing. a wolf. As the Fae dance and drink and laugh, she shyly approaches Tamlin. Will you dance with me? Oh uh, yeah. Oh. Uh, I'm not hard. I feel the cringe, as everyone on the internet says. Yeah. He's like, yes, of course I will dance with you. Um, so they get into the swing, and then it, they sl- it slows down to a waltzy kind of dance, like a slow dance. And so she, like, leans in and does, like, the stuff against his chest, and she, like, wants to barf. But she puts on all of her, all of the masks, and continues her facade. She makes him believe that she's warming up to him. 
because, of course, she has used the excuse of her kidnapping trauma being the reason she doesn't want to be touched romantically. And since Tamlin is never really a full villain, he is very patient and understanding about this. Because it would have been really hard to root for him if he was getting shitty about yeah, oh, it. Yeah, for sure. But he is being very, like, very just, like, loving and kind of being like, that's okay. You know, like, Giving her space and, and giving her time because this is a lot that's going on. Man, you know, I feel like I don't use my wiles enough. I've never seduced for, like, for a ploy before. It's, are you going to do it now that you're married? I think that it's more difficult. I guess you can only turn that towards your partner then. Maybe I should start seducing it more. Just like taking out my breast and being like, what do you say about going out tonight now? To to Jeff? Yeah. <laughs> just like pull, popping it out? Yeah, just like taking out my breast and being like, my breasts. Are you wooed? <laughs> Subtle. <laughs> I don't know. You know, everyone goes, everyone likes me because I'm usually subtle. The subtle one. And I, yeah. um, I'm i just really like skirt around things. So mysterious. Mysterious, like, yes. Like always mysterious. And um, but I think that I should be seducing more. Wear the cape and no top underneath it. That's a great idea. And then I'll just be sweating just because it's hot <laughs> out. And it's like, I don't know why I've got this cape on. Because you're being mysterious. Because I'm mysterious. Ooh, what's underneath? Well, I hope that goes well for you. Thank you. Yeah. Um, even in this moment of spell casting over Tamlin, she can't help but think about Harizond and wonder how he could have endured touching Amarantha for five decades. Ugh. Which is so sad. It's so sad. They get food together, her and Tamlin, and they sit under a tree watching the merriment. And she admits to herself that it is beautiful to watch this and how she can't believe he would throw this all away, giving this land to Highburn, all for a woman who did not want to be returned. Yeah, dude. Later in the evening, she notices Tamlin giving her those hungry eyes. Even though he's more like a hungry, hungry hippo. Chomping, <laughs> chomping at her balls. Um, and so she excuses herself. She leaves after midnight to return to her room, though the party will continue on for many hours, just like last year. So Tamlin has to kind of stay there as the High Lord to be present for his people. And she's like, I'm tired. And she leaves. Kind of, to, I think, maybe to escape even a kiss. To like, yeah, like a late night, like, oh, I walk you to your room mm -hmm. kind of thing. Yeah. So if you'll recall last year, she stayed up with Tamla until the sunrise and they kissed them. Mm -hmm. and said, she has other plans this year. And a lot has changed in a year. Really has. I changed into my nightgown, a small lacy thing I'd once worn for Tamlin's enjoyment, and now was glad to dawn thanks to the day's sweat still clinging to my skin and flopped into bed. And then she goes into like a series of fitful sleeps. And the first time I read this, I thought her nightmares were real here. But now reading it, I realize she was forcing her worst memories to the surface like you do to get yourself like worked up in an acting scene. Find your light. Find your light. Because woo, does she have something up her damn sleeve? Oh, this trifling woman me. is like, oh, no, I had a sexy nightmare. Um, but not to Tamlin. Whoa. Oh, wait, I guess I didn't really. Let me clarify this. So um, she had a sexy nightmare. And so uh, Tamlin's still down at this party, but somebody else went to bed early because he's now a mated male. And he didn't want to go trollop around. No, he Lucian. did not. And also probably trying to keep away from Ianthe as well. Uh, yes. And so she is all worked up in this, this sweaty nightmare and she goes across the <gasps> hall and knocks on the door. 
I swallowed, a silent question on my face, and he nodded, retreating into the room to let me inside. Bare from the waist up, he'd managed to haul on a pair of pants before opening the door and hastily buttoned them as I strode past. Oh, this this was definitely the scene where I was like, okay, Lucian, okay, I see you. I I see you, male. Okay. (laughs) And boy, there must be some fanfic about this scene. I did a tertiary glance, a preliminary (gasps) glance about the scene for research purposes. Oh, for research purposes, uh, and found more about them after Under the Mountain. But yes, there's a lot of sex scene fanfic between the two of them. (laughs) Um, Poor Lucian is in the crosshairs here. Like, he is just being used and abused at this moment. He, of course, comforts her. She's so, like starting to cry. And, and though he doesn't jump to, like, give her a hug as he is topless, and it's a little awkward, when she flings herself at him, he, she lets, he lets her stay there and weep and, and brings a hand to her back to kind of, like, stroke her as she's crying. This is what made me fall in love with Lucian because of how he treats her in this scene. And yeah. he's very, like, he's very noble and he's very, like, he just wants to comfort a friend who has come to him and he doesn't make it into anything else. Although, again, I'll read that fanfic. Oh, yeah. Oh, you give me some of that fanfic. Oh, yeah. Um, but, yeah, I mean, also, you know, he's mated to her sister, so he better not be a bitch to her. Mm-hmm. So, um, excuse me while I adjust my wig. I got this uh, flower crown at Ren Fair, and it's really cute, but it is crumbling slowly all, all over All dried flowers? Yeah. Yeah. I'll show you how to make one. Um, our friend of uh, our friend B showed me how to make flower crowns, and they're actually must, much easier to make than you'd think. Well, I would love to because there's more flower crowns in these books. Yes. Um, so she starts to weep, and, and as he's like comforting her, and except it's not actual tears. She's using using Tarquin's power to cry seawater, crocodile tears, crocodile tears. And thank God, white women tears can't be summoned from the ocean because we uh, they're already <laughs> dangerous enough. Oh, I can cry at the drop of a hat, dude. But you usually don't do it uh, when you want to speak to a manager. So that's good. You're usually very not like that. No, no. I'm actually, I get upset about how much I cry. That's and then more. you cry about it? And then I cry about that. <laughs> and then I go to therapy and I cry about it in there. And, yeah. you know, it's just, it's fun. Yeah. Um, it's not that I have too many emotions. It's that I just have a lot of emotions. It's good to have emotions. Thank you. Yeah. I think that you should cry right now. Cry! (laughs) (laughs) She's beating me. Don't watch the video. She's beating me. Ah, I'm scared of Pharaoh. I'm just lonely, Branagh, having sex (laughs) with my brother. Is that supposed to endear people to you? Yeah. (laughs) Because it's like, oh, she's so sad. She must be so twisted in the brain that she has sex with her brother. You can't also beat her, you know? Oh, yep. That's logical. (laughs) Um, <laughs> so, uh, but, oh, it's cold, cold, cold hearted doing this, but I know she has a purpose. She needs to do this. She tells him that she's having nightmares about under the mountain and that's not entirely a lie. She does still have those dreams, but they aren't like before where she's barfing her through the night and, you know, she's actually sleeping. She's just having some bad dreams. She's also shielded the room so that Lucian won't sense that Tamlin is arriving because he is. This plan is diabolical because to Lucian, 
it would make sense she's coming to him because she knows that Tam that Lucian wants a bed early and since he's mated and isn't trying to get some of that strange out there. And so it's not weird that she would go to his room. But Tamlin, as the High Lord, you know, would have still been down at the festivities. So if she had a nightmare, of course she would go to Lucian. But Feyre, crafty Feyre, has also been setting up the hope inside Tamlin that maybe she's ready to kiss. To kiss. And also, if these males had thought for a second, think about in the past, which was not that long ago, less than a year ago, when she was having these insane nightmares and not telling anybody about it. If they thought about this for more than a second, through any of the things that Feyre is doing, all of this gaslighting she's doing, if they thought about it for a second about who Feyre is as a human being, they'd be like, wait a second. Why is she coming to me now when she didn't come to me all those other times when she was puking and like genuinely upset all those times? Well, and also he ignored her all the time when she was puking. So yeah. Maybe maybe that he would he would rationalize it as like, I have to be different now. I have to like not. Ignore yeah. Be her. better and like actually go to her room and try to fuck her in the middle of the night. Yeah. Yeah. Like not Lucian Yes. Um. So, <laughs> yeah. <clears throat> um. But yeah, so she's been setting up with the stuff for Tamlin. She's like the slow dance was like. The first time they've really like touched bodies since then. And she was like brushing her hand along his shoulders and like giving him little flirty glances. Oh, yeah. We're both. I'm so good at flirting. I'm just like, go, 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 boo. Do you like my boobs? <laughs> and man. Italian and a baby. <laughs> wow. Yeah. It's like, yeah. It's like I'm tapping into like the inner me, like at my core. I mean, Jeff, that's obviously it worked on That's him. how I got him. That's it. That's all you got to do. Italian baby. Um, oh, do you, mommy, you uh, give me uh, the bottle. Uh, <laughs> is that's the bottle me as an penis? Italian baby. The bottle no, of penis? Uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay. Just checking. Yeah, I mean. <laughs> so <laughs> she also knows that he's all horned up and he would come try to seek her out. And so probably assuming that she came up to bed early, he's like assuming, oh, she is... Telling me to come to the room. But that's not what happens when he shows up because she is in Lucian's arms when we he whenever she hears what's going on. Bum bum bum. Tamlin appears in the hallway just as Feyre and her sexy nighty is clinging to Lucian's bare chest in his bedroom. Oh, oh shit. shit, dude. Especially because the extra layer of her wearing the sexy nighty also probably intimates that like Oh, I, there's also part of it that's like, maybe she was waiting for me and I didn't get there fast enough. So she goes to Lucian instead, which just makes her a little horned out. Yeah, but it's already feeding into Tamlin's, like, he was already so jealous. Remember, like, he was feeling, even back in the beginning, he was a little concerned that she was paying too much attention to Lucian. Yeah. So, which also, like, having a partner that does something like that, get over it that kind of jealousy oh sure yuck that's so unattractive but he also i mean lucian is a fine man so yeah. you know yeah oh, i mean a little bit of jealousy i'm not sure. saying that it should be devoid of it yeah, but yeah. that of just like you can't talk to him anymore but that is such a yeah, correct and tamlin is that guy he is the yeah, guy who gets like that especially because like lucian befriended Farah first and also helped her under the mountain when, you when he didn't. Did it. Tremlin! Oh. So he has every right to feel embarrassed and jealous because 
Lucian's kind of been way better to her in yeah. a lot of ways. And he's got that hot ginger thing going. Now he's all topless. Ooh. Fair. That he's all, ooh, oh, think of how muscly he is. I'm going to just keep looking at Tony uh, Mafood. <laughs> well, he doesn't look like a Lucian. But... No, he doesn't, but he's just giving me a visual. <laughs> So, <laughs> just a horny. I just, that's what I need to have. I just need to have constant horny visuals pulled up on my computer so that I can look at it and go, whoa, yeah, mambo, bambo, get me that snake. Mom- like a mamba, like a mamba. Oh, I mamba. thought you were going to start doing mambo number five with all the characters. Oh my God, yes. A little bit of Lucian mm, in my yeah, life. Yeah. A little bit of Rizan yeah. in my gut, my guts. <laughs> my guts. Wow, he reaches all the way to your guts, eh? Yep, Whoa. Yep. Wow. Yeah. Bobble, bobble. <laughs> oh my God. <laughs> so, um, so Feyre jumps away as though she's feeling really guilty. And she goes like, oh, Tamlin, hi. <laughs> I was just having a nightmare. Um, yeah. And, you know, overacting it. And Tamlin's seething, but she kind of just pulls him by the arm and takes him out of Lucian's room and shuts the door. But then she also shuts her door on Tamlin. Yeah, dude. Which is just, like, so cold. Just him standing alone like, in the hallway. She's like, oh, but, but, wait. Oh. oh. <laughs> To her credit, she does at least wait until she's made sure Tamlin left the hallway and doesn't go in and immediately try to murder Lucian. And then after she hears him leave the hall, she smiles to herself in her room. A nightmare, I told Tamlin. I was the nightmare. Oh, bitch. So she knows she just set off a chain of thoughts in Tamlin, considering every interaction between she and Lucian. Again, he was jealous even back at the beginning and fought for her way harder uh, under the mountain. And almost like he's being more stood there and watched. Yeah. Although, like, I still, for whatever reason, I still feel like the Feyre Lucian fanfic should be more like Feyre's dominating Lucian a little bit, subbing. Yeah, because she's in charge. Like, right now, she's, like, bulldozing this court, so I feel like their fanfic should sort of reflect that. Well, I feel like he it would start, like, in a like in the sex where he's comforting her, and then, mm-hmm. like, it starts from that, and then she just, like, takes control, yeah, but like he understands him. that she's got had a lot of trauma, and, and he's not usually into that all the way, yeah. but, like, but he's into it with her, and so then she, like, holds him against the bed, and it just like starts like going down and just starts like uh, taking undoing his breeches and then takes out his big ginger cock. Whoa! I'm sorry. <laughs> <laughs> all right, all right. A fanfic. I mean, he should obviously. I'm. I've. I used to try and write Riverdale fanfic. I did that for the Patreon for a while, where I would take a scene that happened in Riverdale and I would continue on with the scene. Um, it's very difficult to write fanfic. I'm sure it may. It like gave me such a a bigger like I already had respect for like fanfic writers, but just thinking about like. Like, you have to stay in the character yeah. and in the scene and build upon it from there. Yeah. And it's, I don't know, it's a really cool, I'm, everyone should try writing fanfic is all I'm saying. Just, like, get That's your, your writing exercise. Yeah. yeah. It's a good writing exercise, for sure. Also, then you kind of figure out the kind of things that you're into because when you find yourself writing about it, you're like, yeah, that would be really sexy. Whoa. And then you start bringing things Barfing. into your life. And then you start, I mean, nausea to arouse. <laughs> um, so... Uh, the next day, things are tense at breakfast, but everyone's still got all of their limbs. There's been no ripping apart of males. But oddly, a set of keys has gone missing to one of the front gates. Oh. 
Tamlin is unperturbed. He's more distracted by other thoughts of things that have happened maybe last night. But you're in the middle of a lot right now, and you're not going to be concerned about the fact that there are keys to the front gate? He's not a great high lord. He's never wanted to be one, and it shows. Yeah, he didn't want to be one. But, I mean, he never—he should have probably figured it out by now, but he's still not great at it. Yeah. Um— Ianthe makes a grand entrance into this tense breakfast collective that's happening and has something disturbing to tell Tamlin. Well, at least she's feigning at being disturbed. Her white throat bobbed. There is. My acolytes discovered that the land around my temple is dying. Boro Snoro, little snake Snitch. Literally, literally everyone at the table, Highburn, Springcourt, all of them are tired of this woman. Yeah. The only one that's not tired of her shit is Tamlin. Yeah. Uh, no one's buying this. They're all just sort of like looking at her, like rolling their eyes. Like, okay, Ianthea, I'm so, oh, your flowers? Okay. Um, but Favor realizes that this is likely some form of manipulation trying to win back the power that was stolen from her when Feyre literally stole her spotlight. Yeah, dude. Me? Um, (laughs) This all seems to be... They all seem to be wary and maybe I'll see through this alarm that perhaps she wants to take everyone there and show, like, she'll magically heal the lands. Very televangelist of her. Yes. Feyre insults her by talking to her gently as though she's, like, simple-minded. Maybe... It is just something for the gardeners, um, you know. But if it's still bad after we return from the wall, I'll help you, okay, honey? She's kind of talking to her like that. Um, but then Ianthe's not – she's also playing her game, so This she's, is just cogs, man. All these males in here are cogs for the women to be placed. So all these women just, like, playing these, like, darted games. And all the guys games. are like mm-hmm. – Oh, I just want to have my dick sucked. (laughs) (laughs) And that's really what it comes down to, the males in all of this. Yeah, that really is about a lot of stuff in life. Um, Don't get me started. Men. (laughs) Um, But so Anthony's also playing her game. and She's like, oh, you're going to the wall. Are you going, Tamlin? Um, And... She's trying to, like, get into Tamlin's head, basically. And Feyre feels a headache coming on and, and assigns it to the fact that Ianthi's being annoying. And also because she's having to keep all these shields going at the same time, so it's a lot of magic being used. But we realize later that there was probably a different reason she was having this headache. Oh, is there? Mm-hmm. Snakes in the grass. Snakes. Virgin snakes. <laughs> Virgin snakes. Uh, so... We'll learn about that a little bit later, which means that her magic's probably so powerful that the amount she's doing wouldn't even phase her if not for the other things happening. Truly cauldron blessed. Cauldron blessed! But regardless, Ianthe's pointed tone spooks Tamlin when he's like, I'm I'm not going, but should I go? He tells the group he is going to go. I've decided I am going to go. But then Feyre takes her turn. I don't need an escort. She's weaponizing her guilt about trying about his guilt trying to control her. So he's trying to like appease her now that she's back. So she's like, You're you're doing the smothering thing again. She doesn't want him to go to the wall. And 
they have this like light argument, which of course the Hibernians are just loving watching, just like watching it happen. And like, have this conversation somewhere else. You know, I'm I'm a firm believer that if you're fighting with your partner, that you don't fight with your partner in front of other people. And I just feel like it shows too much of your cards, especially in front of people that you don't know very well. Well, how? What do you and Jeff do when your high priestess is there? Do you bring her along to the yeah, fight? Yeah, she's always sticking her nose into all our holes, and I'm like, get out of that hole! Is it That's Gloria not for you? Gloria is not an Ianthe. How dare you? <laughs> well, she could be a priestess, though. Did I tell you that Gloria's got her own baby now? She's got her own baby goose. I didn't know that. Yeah, it's Gloria 2.0. What? Not that she's better. She's just different. You'd think I'd give her a different name. All right, I will. What? Oh, it's Gloria 2.0. What's her name? <laughs> How about Gargantua? <laughs> I love it. Gargantua because she's a really little goose. <laughs> she's only a couple of inches big. You gotta post the goose. I haven't seen it yet. Oh, yeah. She's made out of felt and she was from somebody on tour. Someone on tour gave me oh, um, this beautiful cute. little felt goose. And I love her. Now she sits next to Gloria. BP added more than $70 billion to the U.S. economy in 2022. Investments like acquiring America's largest biogas producer, Arkea Energy, and starting up new infrastructure in the Gulf of Mexico. It's and, not or. See what doing both means for energy nationwide at bp.com slash investing in America. Professional welder Shayna Ford used VR training developed by ForgeFX to hone her skills as a welder. The more time that you spend practicing it, that's what separates a good welder from a great welder. VR training can help students like Shayna repeatedly practice specific skills. Virtual reality definitely helps because the more muscle memory that you have, the smoother your weld is. Explore more stories like Shayna's at meta.com slash metaverseimpact. Rack your look for spring at Nordstrom Rack and save up to 60% on brands you love. Rag & Bone, Vince, Marc Jacobs, Adidas, Joes, and more. Great brands, great prices every day at Nordstrom Rack. Score new dresses, denim, sandals, designer bags, and sunglasses, plus updates for the family and home. Get your spring on for less, up to 60% less, today at your Nordstrom Rack store. What will you find? Pulling up to Mickey D's just for drinks? Oh yeah, that's me. Nothing extra, just perfection and a straw. Coming in hot for the coldest cups on the block. Because there are drinks. Then there are drinks from McDonald's. Mix things up with any size lemonade or sweet tea for $1.49. Perfect with our classic fries. Price and participation may vary. Cannot be combined with any other offer. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba. So Feyre is sort of like needling into Tamlin that way. And then Ianthe needling the other way going, perhaps you should go, you high lord. You know, the evil night court could be anywhere waiting to take her away from you. And Feyre's pissed, but she just like makes herself feel scared again and goes, have you heard any news? Like being pretending like she's scared of the night court. 
And Jurian brushes this off, saying, Rizan is no fool. He's not going to show up. And then Ianthi, that essaying, see you next Tuesday, agrees. But he says, yes, he's no fool, but he's very power hungry. Maybe if you send him back his family's wings, Tamlin. When Feyre's blood turns cold with rage. She's been trying to find them for Rizan, of course, because if you'll recall, Tamlin's father killed Rison's mother and sister and then tacked their wings up on the wall. Like, God. It's pretty gruesome for him I, to But I to. still don't know if I'd want my loved one's wings back. No, that's what I think, too. It's pretty gruesome. Like, it's like, I guess unless you want to, like, bury them or something. I guess, but it feels like that's somebody returning your loved one's, like, taxidermy body to you, and you're like... Thanks. Although I, I have told Jeff that I am going to get him stuffed after he <laughs> dies because I don't want him to ever not be in my life. And then I'm just, we're just gonna, I'm going to bring stuffed Jeff with me to all the parties because I want to make sure that he's involved. So you're just like gonna just like devolve into like Texas Chainsaw Massacre eventually? Yeah, but it's like, but like it's cute. cute. Yeah, okay. it's like romantic instead. And like I'll dress him up like a Gloria, like a bigger Gloria, and like for all the holidays. And um, <laughs> I'll kiss his little face. And I think that it's going to be cute. That or I was just going to scrape him out and wear his skin, but that's too far. And I'm too small. I don't think he'd fit. No, he's too tall. He's it would very, it would be, be very, very saggy. Yeah. It would be like when you're when you put on like a, a California one, King sheet. It'd be like a big old oversized onesie. Although that would be comfortable. <laughs> <laughs> that is gruesome. Um so <laughs> So yes, so like Ayanthi seems to have suspicions about Feyre's intentions, and it seems like she's trying to bait her to get mad as she's talking. But Feyre just simply waits for Tamlin's response. When Tamlin answered, his voice was low. I burned them a long time ago. I could have sworn there was something like remorse, remorse and shame in his words. So again, pointing to Tamlin's not a supervillain. He feels he feels he didn't do the wings. His dad did, and then he right. he got rid of them, knowing that it was really fucked up. Yeah, because that was back when he and Reese like kind of liked each other for that bit of time. They were bros. Yeah. So yeah, Ianthi secures her spot, though. However, as a as a supervillain, I should say, when she says, "Too bad he might have paid handsomely for them." Yeah, like, that's what you need, you tithe-ass bitch. You get all these poor people, all the people that give their tithes when they don't have anything. You think you need more money mm-hmm. for the wings? And just treating the, the like the gruesomeness of their death like it's like some kind of, you know, oh, I can get cash for this? Cool. But Feyre ignores her and doesn't, like, take the bait, and she switches gears. So she gently tells Tamlin she will be okay, and she doesn't want to go down this road again. His penis wins the eternal battle. <laughs> so he relents and he will go with Fairy. He sides with her. He will not go. But he also subtly makes it known that to Lucian that he will be watching him. Lucian's like, man, I'm just sitting here. Yeah. Why? I didn't do anything. He's really going. But like, I, I love it because Tamlin can't like 
be mysterious about his upset at all. He's just like, and, and Lucian, he's essentially doing the like eyes, like, I'm watching you, bro. I see you, bro. Where it's like, try to be cool out. Cool also, his little claws stick out. Yeah. Like, oh, you can yeah. tell you're like, mad. You know dude. you're mad. Honestly, Lucian's doing nothing, though. Yeah. He's just like, whoa, bro. I ain't trying to, I'm trying to fuck her sister. But also it goes to show what Tamlin thinks about um, a female because like, oh, there's no way the female would be hoodwinking a big, strong man. Like it must be the man at fault here. Yeah. And because he doesn't, I I really feel like he doesn't think that Feyre is strong enough to even do something like this. Yeah, which is absurd. She saved their entire people. Cuspreka. Ugh. So... That, <laughs> that's really quite a squish in there. I don't know if it's super fitting <laughs> into that song, but I just hope that everyone has informers stuck in their head. <laughs> yeah, that works. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> um, so So the, then after this. The gang heads back out to the wall sans Tamlin. He doesn't come. Neither does, uh, I believe, Ianthe also doesn't come. So here Feyre notes the exhaustion she's feeling while winnowing people in between the walking. I guess they have to, like, build back up their strength to winnow every time. So it's sort of like going back and forth. She attributes this to the number of people she's carrying. But again, she's not fully correct. As they reach the spot where they will analyze the wall, it's becoming late, so they plan on working in the morning, and they are, decide to set up camp there. They have uh, all they all have dinner around an unmarried campfire, and Pharaoh waits while their attendants build their tents. See, now that's how you do camping. You just bring attendants with mm. you, and then they set it all up for you. Make sure that you're like make the make sure the AC is going in the tent, and um, that's the kind of camping that it's glamping. I'll go fay glamping. Though. I guess having servants is glamping. Yes, yes. Um, fay glamping. Yeah, you could ward away spiders that way, and that's the only thing that I get really. Oh yeah, out and about. put up a shield around yeah. you to make sure that you're not covered in bugs. It's like those. Those photos of those those big glass bulbs that people like stay in tents. I don't know if they're real or not, but do you ever see those that like look like big clear? Yeah. And in my head, I'm just like, isn't that just gonna make you like the sun bounce off of everything and make it really hot in there? Oh, but like set you on fire. <laughs> yes. <laughs> I am not an ant. Oh, you are an ant. <laughs> um, so uh so then after the, the tents are built, the Creep Twins go into their own little tent together, and Feyre and Lucian will be sharing one. Uh, do you one... just call me a Creep Twin? Yes. Just because I have sex <laughs> with my brother? Yeah. And because I stare, and I barely say anything? Yes, but you are pretty. Thank you. But just a creep. Yeah. So, um, pretty creep. Yeah, pretty creep. And Feyre and Lucian will be sharing one in very <gasps> tight quarters. <gasps> Lucian, she goes in first, and then Lucian, like, flaps it open and looks at it, and he's like, maybe I should sleep outside? She sort of just, like, dismisses this, like, please. And, I mean, his reaction is fair. It would be deeply awkward to sleep that close to someone you're not having sex with. Yes. But Feyre can have the excuse that as the high lady, uh, well, the high lord's wife, I guess. Please, yeah, not do Not a high lady. There's no high lady in the spring court. We're not being crazy here. Um, he's required to protect her. So he obliges and he lays in the tent with her as she snaps that Tamlin is being a pain in the ass about her associating with Lucian. 
Lucian unbuttoned his jacket, but remained mostly dressed as he slid onto his sleeping roll. I think it's made worse because you two haven't. I mean, you haven't, right? I stiffened, tugging the blanket higher onto my shoulders. No, I don't want to be touched like that. Not for a while. Go for you. Know your boundaries. Mm. She, she still half filled with guilt because she knows Lucian is a good male. But she's also mad at him. Yeah. So these scenes where she's with him are sort of like torn in her. She's like internally torn. She asks, she asks him sincerely if there's any way to get out of this deal with Highburn now that she's been returned. Lucian shuts this down quickly. It's impossible. The binds of the deal will wreak havoc on everything if they try to break it. He goes on to tell her that bargains are old magic, and he himself tried to find a way out of it at the day court while she was gone. At his, you know, it's one of their specialties. And they don't even understand the bargain magic because it's ancient. Um, Sick. Yeah. Feyre realizes here that it, at this point that, that I— Vera realizes here that this was the point where Ianthe started to push Tamlin into making the bargain with Highburn. So that after they like did everything they could to try to break the bargain between her and Rizond, then Tamlin in desperation went to Highburn and was like, help me. And of course it was encouraged by Ianthe for him mm-hmm. to have like, you know, that wasn't just like Tamlin didn't come up with that. No. Again, because he's not. He's more brute strength than he is smarts, and that's That's okay. okay. But it is scary as a High Lord because he can be easily nudged into like, why don't we do this really evil thing instead? Bit of a George W. Bush there. It is. Um, And she I did not have a sex. It's very different. (laughs) (laughs) But you did think George W. Bush was in the room for a second, right? It was, yeah, no, flawless. He was doing Thank a you. Bill Clinton impersonation. He was doing an imp- Yes. Yes, <laughs> exactly. So don't throw a shoe at me. <laughs> Remember when he did that? threw a shoe at him. Wait, who, what? Did someone throw a shoe at George W. Bush? Yeah, we okay. Got, all right, we've got confirmation. Madeline, our, edit, our producer, is saying yes. I don't remember that happening he at someone all. Someone threw a shoe at him. And Feyre threw a shoe at Rizond. Oh, my God. It's just Does that make Reese George W. Bush? Yes. Because, no, don't ruin I'm looking at the picture of Tony Mufad. Mufad. <laughs> <laughs> so, um... <laughs> Where are we? Oh, my God. What happened to the story? Okay, yeah. So, Ianthe definitely was, like, manipulating Tamlin. She was being a bit of the, uh... Oh, my God. Gaslighter. What is the fucking vice president's name from 9-11? Oh, uh, he got shot. See, I know the I know uh, the important things. What was Bush's vice president? Dick Cheney. Cheney. Thank you. <laughs> Who did George get shot? <laughs> Thank you with the George Bush facts. Thank you, Madeline. Yeah. Um, <laughs> yeah, so in this, I, I got is, your George Bush facts. <laughs> I had these being the Dick Cheney here. We'll say that. <laughs> So <laughs> he didn't throw the shoe, although that would have been funny to watch <laughs> him just like trying to. Yeah, throw not a shoe. fit man. <laughs> um, so uh, <laughs> so basically, then he like relents and like go. He goes with Ianthe's plan, and it he it was that he grew frantic after she sent him the letter saying, "Please leave him, leave her alone," which should have done the opposite. He should have stopped. 
pursuing her. Yes. But then he started just going insane. And after that day, Lucian confronted Feyre in the forest. Tamlin finally agreed to do Ianthi's plan. As they both fall towards sleep in this tent, they have a moment of levity as they agree that they both hate I they both hate Highburn even as their allies. Yeah. Well, think of the creepy twins. Hello. <laughs> Um, the next morning, Feyre has curled towards Lucian's side of the tent. She acknowledges it wasn't intentional. It was like for warmth more than anything. But it's yeah, glad. that happened in Twilight too. Sure, oh sure, yeah, sure. that's right. That warmth, eh? yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, oh no, Jeff's going camping this weekend without me. Do I have to worry? Is he? <laughs> <laughs> well, he's a he's a wolfish man. So yeah, he is. There's no. There's no one being Bella Swan in that situation. Yeah, that's true. That's yeah. What, yeah, he is the Yakub in this. Yeah, he's the Yakub. Um, so, uh, but it kind of works to her benefit because Jurian rips the tent open, waking them up, and he notes it sneering that she's sort of like laying into him, that she knows that's gonna, going to get back to Tamlin when Jurian wants to like mess with his of head. Of course. As they're getting themselves... Also, don't open up somebody else's tent. I mean, he's being a Jurian. Yeah, he is being a Jurian. They're not They're not polite people. No. So, as they're getting themselves ready to go observe the wall, Princess Branach <laughs> makes a, a crude comment about how the Autumn Court men fuck like they have fire in their blood. I mean, kind of kind of fun though. Yeah. <laughs> and Feyre worries about what that will mean for what that might mean for Elaine as the mate to Lucian, but that doesn't that that doesn't sound that bad, Feyre. Your sister is like 25. Yeah, she can definitely handle it. Also, that just sparked something in my brain that I remember I saw this um I saw a fan art picture of Eris and um Tarquin. And it just makes me think of uh, the the fire and the the light that would come from that courting experience. Wait, but Tarquin would be water. Be oh, water. water! Oh, that would be steam! Oh my God, how <laughs> steamy it would be! <laughs> yes, It'd be like very sweaty ball sacks, but yeah, but that's all right. I mean, you know, in in the fantasy, I'm not sniffing their balls. That's sacks, true. Usually, yeah, that's true. <laughs> No, I'm just watching from afar. Yeah, it's like a sauna. With their consent. Yes. Yeah, they want you to watch they from want afar. Me, yeah. From the bushes. It's <laughs> part of going, it. yum, yum. But I'm still dressed like Bernach. So it's a lot going on. There's a lot. Um, so yeah, Lucian and Feyre, then later after this weird interaction she has with Bernach, um, Lucian and Feyre walk towards, you know, preparing the work for the day. And they're all walking towards the wall together, and Jurian's at the head, and then he's at the front, and he swears. We were both moving at his barked curse and then broke into a run at the sound of a sword whining free of its sheath. Leaves and branches whipped at me, but then we were at the wall, that invisible, horrible marker humming and throbbing in my head. And staring right at us through the hole were three children of the blessed. Oh, no. Oh, no, it's us. It's, uh, yeah, we, again, it's us. We are children yes. of the blessed, unfortunately. So, yeah, chapter seven opens with the creep twins salivating over the three humans that are on the other side of the invisible wall. I should have brought some pud. We could have made this good pud of like, salivate. Oh, no. <laughs> well, that's how they were looking at the humans as pudding. Yes. Um, the, good. That's some good human pud right yeah, there. Yeah. Oh, I don't want to talk about human pud. I mean, you did it. You said it. <laughs> 
too late. A little tapioca in there. The young adults are all doing what I, I... You need to go to a doctor. <laughs> the young adults are all doing what I guess Jackie and I would be doing, which is just standing at the Gawking. wall going, please let us in. Please can I come in? Ready to be fae. Here we see Jurian, who usually is in perfect sneer harmony with the Hibernians, drop his mask a bit as he looks kind of panicked about the humans. He really, he knows at the core what kind of fae the Hibernian people are, and he is still a human, and so he has that initial, like, shock reaction, like, fuck, when he sees these humans. Lucian tries to tell these people that they don't accept tributes up here, but the twins have different plans. They start speaking sweetly to them. Do you no. want the chocolate? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, so basically trying, why don't you come through? Yeah. Giving them the eyes. We don't have sex with each other. <laughs> <laughs> if only that was the worst thing that they had in plan I for them. I know. It really sticks out in the mind, you know? Yeah. Um, it does. <laughs> it's correct. Um, so, uh, uh, so Feyre sees this threat from the twins and speaks coldly to the people, wants them to be frightened off by her. But they're already entranced with the beauty of the twins and the flirtatious eyes they're making at them. Like this. <laughs> this is why I'm so good at seduction. Yeah, I know. It's really good. Um, <laughs> subtle. <laughs> subtle Jackie. Um, so Feyre goes one step further. She slams her magic through the wall and, and gets into their heads. She implants her memories of the worst things she's seen above the wall, all the monsters, the death. The next time Dagden, after this, tries to lure them in, they are so gripped with fear at what Feyre has just presented to them that they run. The twins are angry and want to go after the people, but Feyre forces them all forward. She threatens the twins and says, you are not to go follow them. She finishes her memory alterations on the, the children of the blessed as they run by making them desire to find their families and set sail for the continent, trying to get them away before the war begins. The twins begin, they, they're like, they, you know, they act like they're fine when they're like, ugh, fine. Mm. And they go off and start fiddling with the wall in favor of retreats to a nearby spot in the trees. A moment later, a male body came up beside mine. Not Lucian. I realized with a jolt, but did not so much as flinch. Jurian's eyes were on the place where the humans had been. Thank you, he said. His voice was rough. I don't know what you're talking about, I replied, well aware that Lucian carefully watched from the shade of a nearby oak. Jurian gave me a knowing smirk and sauntered after Dagden. Here's my knowing smirk. Oh, that's a good... I'll smirk. <laughs> both both of us look like we're making in our diapies with our knowing smirks. I, I, I kind of look like a really bad De Niro. Ugh. You milk a cat, Greg. <laughs> oh, yes. Of all the movies to quote. <laughs> never seen that movie. It never will. No, you don't have to. 
Um, so this is interesting because this is the, like a bit of humanity from Jurian we're seeing. So far, we haven't really witnessed any of that. Just thinking him t- to be a cad. Mm-hmm. Interesting, though. Like we're seeing something else in him a little. The day pass- passes on and Feyre acknowledges she has no idea what they are actually doing there at the wall and knows that there's no way the twins are ever going to actually tell her what mm-hmm. they're doing. Alipsa sealed. Mm-hmm. They should put on a little performance so that they sing and dance to Our Lips Are Sealed. But they do it to, like, the Mary-Kate and Ashley Olsen version of it for when they were kids. Oh, like, do it because they're twins. Yeah, because they're twins. Oh, that's cute. They should have done, like, a like a video series. And they yeah. would have had to have been evil. Oh, my God. See, that's all they needed. Although there's many evil people on YouTube, I'm fairly sure. Uh-uh. Nah, you're right. They all have good intentions. Yeah. The day passes on and Feyre acknowledges... Oh, wait. As the day turns tonight, Feyre finds herself in a rare moment alone with Jurian at the fire. Here we get our first real conversation with Jurian. So far, he's mostly been a caricature of evil and mm. revenge. But as they begin to tentatively discuss the children the children of the blessed, they actually speak to one another. He wants to know what happened happens to these children of the blessed if they make it over the wall. Feyre doesn't know. She's never seen humans living in these lands, so she assumes nothing good. He scoffs and remarks about how he fought in that bloody war for so long to give his people freedom from servitude. And now these children cosplay and beg to go back. I mean, that would probably piss me off as well. Yeah, but it's always the way. Always is. People forget. And history repeats itself. Feyre goads him and says carefully... You almost be careful you don't sound favor goads him and says, be careful you almost don't sound like a faithful pet to Highburn. He challenges her, saying that he has his own reasons for doing all of this. Very interesting. Mm. In this exchange, we get some further clarity about his feelings on his lost lover, Miriam, and how he claims to be waiting to seek to revenge to seek revenge for her leaving him. Feyre chastises him for sort of wasting his entire resurrection on trying to get back at an old lover. Jurian smiled slowly. Isn't that what you're doing? There was like, because he's trying to, he, he's, I think in that moment he's trying to be like, I see you, girl. I see you. I see what you're doing. But she, she's go, she just goes, yeah, I definitely want to get rezoned. I hate yeah, him. He's so bad. He's jerk. Then we learned something new about Jurian and Reese's relationship. And this is a little bit like the Alice interaction with her that she like she knew that they knew each other during the war. But Jurian here kind of alludes to the idea that he doesn't buy that Reese is this evil demon, that he went against orders to in order to rescue Miriam back in the in the war, that Ugh. he's actually a brave man and that yes. he cares for his friends. Yes, he does. And Jurian says the male that he knew was decent and that he doesn't believe that he would have changed that much over the years. And yet here you are, his mate. The most powerful high lord in the world lost his mate and yet has not come to claim her, even when she is defenseless in these woods. Jurian chuckled. Perhaps that's because reason has not lost you at all, but rather unleashed you upon us. So, like, as the the pages go on of, like, everyone around them is like, girl, I see what you're doing. Because, again, she's not, like, the best at this, but she's doing a good job. But, like, she's not the best at being covert, except for (laughs) Tamla. Except that Tamla's like, no, I love her. No, I'm a decod. I love her. (laughs) 
which is all she really needs at the end of the day. So she prob she tr- like she hears these words about her her mate and she gets kind of like horned up about it. <laughs> yeah, man. But she's trying to hide her surprise that like the jury in saying these things after, you know, he was just praised so much by jury and she's like, what? No, ew, I hate him. Yeah. Ew, what? Highburn will kill all of you, was all Jurian replied. They all go to sleep that evening with little event. However, Jurian wasn't wrong. Lucian woke me the next morning with a hand over my mouth, warning gleaming in his russet eye. I smelled it a moment later, the coppery tang of blood. Uh Uh-oh. Lucian and Pharaoh rush from their tent and find a massacre. Well, first they find Jurian and all of their sentries sitting around a fire looking grim. But no twins. <gasps> You're too What late. were we doing? Nothing good. Not having sex in the tent with each other. This time they weren't. No, this one time. You're too late, Jurian says. It's clear that he is angry, not apathetic about it, which is why he's sitting at the fire. He's just, he's like, can't do anything about it. Likely, like, knowing there's nothing to be done. Favor races towards the smell of the blood and there finds the slaughter. The Highburn royals hadn't bothered to clean up their mess. From what was left of the three bodies, their shredded pale robes like fallen ashes through the small clearing. Dagden and Branach must have shut out their screams with some sort of shield. Yikes. Favorite Yeah, yuck. Um, brutal. Favorite's taken back to the site of Claire Better. Uh, as she's observing this horror in front of her and realizes that this must be a common practice for Hyber and this kind of mutilation and torture. But they also must be very tired because they didn't get any sleep because they were too busy torturing all night long. Well, they're probably napping now. You think so? Well, yeah. Yeah, I just, you know, I'm feeling for Dagden and Brach, but maybe it's you just because to. I'm dressed as them. You have to empathize with her. Yeah. Um. So Lucian... Uh, Lucian realizes while as they stand before this this horror that they must have the twins must have tracked these children um, over the wall once the others had fallen asleep. The bodies of the children of the blessed are ripped apart, but Lucian and Feyre cover the biggest ugh, cover the biggest parts of their bodies with cloaks. Oh, oh Again, this is reasserting that Lucian is a good male who wants to like honor these dead people. Feyre. Queasily asks Lucian if he thinks that the royals are trying to send a message to them. But Lucian thinks that they consider the humans so meaningless that it's more likely they were just mad they didn't get a f- to fill their druthers and had a tantrum. Man, I ain't never had a tantrum like that. I hope not. No, most of my tantrums are like, I want to go to a theme park right now. And then you go stamp your foot. Yes. And then I'm taken to a theme park. <laughs> See? That's yeah, all you have that's to all you do. do. As chapter, so then, even though maybe it's not a message, Feyre decides decides to send them a message. Mm -hmm. As chapter eight opens, Lucian and Feyre are sitting before an enraged Tamlin who is berating them as though they are primary school students who are misbehaving. Uh, As they argue about what Lucian and Feyre have done, we learn it was that they have sent the bogue. After the twins. Oh, my God. The Bogue. Boge Boggy. Boggy. Bogog. Bogog. If you'll recall, is a creature that you're not supposed to look at, which is also a reference to the boogeyman 
which that term is actually derived from the term bogue in Middle English. Oh. I don't know if we said that before. But um, so this is that one of the things that sh- like first frightened Feyre back in the day. Yeah. And so they sent those creatures after the twins and they got their ass handed to them. Their asses handed to them. Uh, and Tamlin is pissed and after, about it. That was after they handed their asses to each other. Yeah, probably. <laughs> and Tamlin's pissed about it because they are technically spring court allies, even though they are little sociopaths. What? Us? Me and my sex brother? Yes. You know it. Yeah, we're pretty bad. Bad ass. Bad ass. But Feyre doesn't give a care. They tortured those little humans to death, and they deserved punishment, which of course they did, and it's stupid that Tamlin's mad. But they are a prince and princess of Highburn, so you got to think about that for a second. But they, like, torture-porned three humans to death. All in one night. That is impressive. Um, And again, Jesus fucking Christ, Tamlin. Acting like they should just have brushed this off makes him look like a real piece of shit and a pushover Mm -hmm. to the, the Highburnians. Yeah. Again, Lucian comes to Feyre's defense, saying that Feyre had given them direct orders to leave the humans alone, and they did it anyway. That he will look like a coward without retaliating against their, mm-hmm. like, you know, their disregard for her orders. He re- responds by telling Lucian to get the fuck out of the room. Every time I want to feel bad for Tamlin. I know. Ugh. Then it's just like, there's always something where you're like, you know what? I don't feel bad for you. Yeah, you're an idiot. So Feyre is genuinely upset here, but she also sees this as an opportunity. As Lucian leaves, she starts to needle into Tamlin, saying that he promised not to treat her like a child this time. They argue. Call him out. You sold us out to get me back. I said, low and cold. You hoard us out to Highburn. Forgive me if I am now trying to regain some of what we lost. Boom! Claws slid free. A feral growl rippled out of him. And then, Wolf, I mean, she is trying to get him bad here. Yeah, man. They hunted us down and butchered those humans for sport. I went on. You might be willing to get on your knees for Highburn, but I certainly am not. He exploded. Ouch. That's cold. And while he has no excuse to act how he does, that's really fucked up that she would say that. Yeah, but him just exploding everything is not the way to react to that. No, but she knows he's going to, which is why she said it. And he again explodes. But also, she's not wrong. No, she's not wrong. And he explodes. The room, like, shatters like it did that night earlier uh, before she left him for the night court. Whenever she, like— unintentionally made that shield around herself instead of, like, getting hurt. She didn't know she could do it at the time. But this time, she doesn't shield herself intentionally. I wonder why. It's a little insane, but it's effective. Yeah, dude. So she gets thrown in this scene, and Lucian bursts into the room at just the right time. Ferris collapsed on the ground after being slammed away. The room's in pieces. She feels blood trickling down her face and knows that the scene is complete. Tamlin just stands there as Lucian escorts her out. And as an added bonus, a bunch of his sentries are also standing out there, standing outside the door, gawking. It's not good. It's not good. As Lucian leads her out, Tamlin starts to follow them and she does another manipulation. I'm fine. I'm I'm sorry. Uh, She's like limping and covered in blood. And apologizing. Yes. 
diabolical. Yeah, dude. So later as she's conferring with Reese in her room mentally, she notes that she... She's notes she's noting that she seemingly has prevented Don Court's healing properly healing properties to work too well. So she's like intentionally made the healing properties not work to like make her wounds look worse, but it's working way better than she thought it would. And she didn't realize how much the wounds were going to stay. Reese is unsurprisingly concerned with how far she's taking things. She tells him that she's got it under control and she teases him by sending a picture of her sticking her tongue out. Which it's so cute that it's like, it is like Faye texting, mm-hmm. but not even the write down kind. Just their bond is just like a little like, you know, private chat that they've got going. Is this him sliding like into her DMs? Yeah. yeah. It's a little aim chat. Um, he sends her back a picture of him doing something else with his tongue. Noise. Ah! <laughs> He's cute. Oh, yeah. Hey, Tony. <laughs> <laughs> not looking at pictures of Tony Mafood. I was like, his Tony name's Mafood. not Tony. Oh. No, Tony Mafood. Across America, BP supports more than 275,000 jobs to keep energy flowing. Jobs like building grid-scale solar energy in Ohio and... Producing gas with fewer operational emissions in Texas. It's and, not or. See what doing both means for energy nationwide at bp.com slash investing in America. Ophthalmologist Dr. Strauss has seen firsthand how the metaverse is helping surgeons practice the procedures to treat cataracts. Cataracts are the primary cause of avoidable blindness. He works with a virtual reality training platform developed by Fundamental VR and Orbis International to help surgeons develop the muscle memory they need. The result? More confident, capable surgeons. And even more importantly... Patients who can see. Explore more stories like Dr. Strauss's at meta.com slash metaverseimpact. Price drop. Time to shop. Get to a Nordstrom Rack store today for first dibs on new markdowns. Now score even more, up to 70% off brands everyone loves at Nordstrom Rack. Denim, dresses, sneakers, tops, and more. Plus, get genius deals on jackets, sweaters, and boots for the whole family. Shop your Nordstrom Rack store today and save up to 70% with new markdowns. But hurry, deals this great won't last. Pulling up to Mickey D's just for drinks? Oh yeah, that's me. Nothing extra, just perfection and a straw. Coming in hot for the coldest cups on the block. Because there are drinks. Then there are drinks from McDonald's. Mix things up with any size lemonade or sweet tea for $1.49. Perfect with our classic fries. Price and participation may vary. Cannot be combined with any other offer. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba. In the next scene, she's telling everyone that her bruises are too bad to go to the wall the next day and they will have to all wait. She's again surprised at how slowly the healing is going. And then we get in this scene, we get a sense of how bad the injuries are when the Herbernians are sulking that they have to wait on her. Tamlin hadn't possessed the nerve to suggest they go without me, to rob me of that duty. Not when he saw the purplish markings and knew that if they were on a human... I might have been dead. 
which is like, oh, they she got really fucked yeah, up. Yeah, man. Um, so he threw her really, really hard. During all of this, Ianthe is lurking about, and it seems as though she's putting her own little mascarade on. These poor Tamlin. He's just being, like, puppeted by these two conniving women, and he's just like, he's just I dissolved. hope everybody likes me. Yeah, he just wants to get his dick. He just wants everything to be fine and normal. Yes. He just wants, wants things like, to be nice. Yes. Can it be nice? Can it just be nice? No, it can't. No, it can't. So Ianthe's in, in this, now in this into this whole scene, and... Remember the lost set of keys from earlier? The ones that Tamlin didn't give a shit about, you mean? Well, it turns out that seven Naga have broken onto the grounds, and one of them is found with the keys. As a refresher, the Naga are fairies with male humanoid bodies and serpentine features. They're covered completely in dark scales and have powerful arms with polished black talons. Um, that is from the Akatar wiki. So I was. it was funny when... Because I couldn't remember what they looked like, and they they were caught with the keys. I was like, oh, they like carried around their mouth or something. Yeah, they just like they can barely hold the keys. Just think of like a Tinker Bell, just like <laughs> a little light flying around trying to hold these big keys. But I think they're just like they look like dudes. Kind yeah, of. yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, I, dudes with wings. Yeah. So anyway, they were all warned, and they were all warned of this thing happening by guess who? Ianthe. She magically had a cauldron-scent vision that warned her of the break-in. Oh, interesting. Tamlin says that the sentry who lost the keys would be dealt with. We cut to a scene where this sentry is now stripped to the waist and Tamlin is standing before him. This sentry swears that he never falls asleep and it's so it doesn't understand why this happened to him. But Tamlin, he can't show weakness in front of the Hybern Royals. And one of Tamlin's head sentries hands Tamlin a whip. No! Ianthe in her starring role is all too willing to dole out this punishment. Ianthe stepped forward, hands folded over her stomach. Twenty lashes, and one more, for the cauldron's forgiveness. This makes Feyre... Like, Pissed. very upset. She's oh, yeah. Very, but she, like, knows what's going on. Feyre decides to make her move. She has known all along that Ianthe was going to play this game. She's been tracking her this entire time, actually. And she knows that Ianthe has spelled this sentry and stolen the keys. <gasps> she gets into the, sen- the sentry's mind and feeds him back this memory that Ianthe had tried to stifle from him. It was her, he panted, jerking his chin to Ianthe. She took the keys. Tamlin blinked, and everyone in that courtyard looked right to Ianthe. But Ianthe's not couched. She's she's not gonna st- like be of like. Of course mm-hmm. not. Why would I take them? Tamlin is now caught. She has he has to decide. To, he has to weigh the members of his court's accusations. Does he side with all of his warrior guys, or does he side with this high priestess who keeps like whispering in his ear? But of course, Cursebreaker Feyre. No, she wants to hear the sentry story. Mm-hmm. Ianthe's pissed. You would take the word of a sentry over a high priestess? Which is, that's a bad move, lady. She's saying that in front of all of these warrior guys. Yeah, the ones that protect you, the ones that take care of you guys. Um, you shouldn't go about insulting them, probably. Nah, dude. She sees herself as such above them, I think. She just, she's destined to join someone with power, so she doesn't care what they think. They're like, ants. you are like the buzzing of flies to her. But Feyre knows 
the powers and the people like Bernie Sanders. Oh, my God. Look <laughs> at us politicals today. They, uh, Feyre looks at Tamlin and realizes that he, too, knows that Ianthe has planned this Naga attack. But would she have gone so far as to actually manipulate a sentry and, and use him for a trick? I think she would. Tamlin's now facing another conundrum. He has no way to prove that Ianthe has deceived them. Does he show his sentry's loyalty and not punish this male who says that Ianthe did this? Or does he disregard it and show the Hibernians that he is not to be toyed with, not weak? Because to the Hiberns, mercy is weakness. And he signed on to be allies with a cold, cruel people. He makes his decision. Tamlin turned to the sentry tied to the posts. Put the bin in. Put the bit in. He quietly ordered Braun. No! Tamlin! Tamlin! His sentries watch in shock as he sides with Ianthe over them. They will not forget this. The sentries who had willingly walked to their deaths over the wall to try to break the curse of Amarantha. Now not only has Tamlin betrayed them, they know that there is a snake amongst Mm -hmm. them in priestess form. Mm -hmm. And the only person who stood up for them was the little human turned fey lady. Blessed Gasbreaker. Gasbreaker, <laughs> don't you let the breezes win. Boom, boom, down. <laughs> it's too far into this episode to come up with a song. <laughs> I was trying to keep it current. Yeah, that's a very current reference. Yeah. <laughs> um, so. As Chapter 9 starts, the poor sentry has been whipped raw, and Ianthe seems to feel triumphant about her place within Spring Court, having escorted the Hibernians and Tamlin back to the manor. But Feyre stays with the sentries and tends to the wounds of the bloody night guard who was used and abused. So, Because this is some under-the-mountain shit right now. What are we doing here? I don't know, Tamlin. You saw people being tortured so much, and you're still going to do this? Yeah. Like have a have a conversation, maybe. We do do we have to resort to whips? I do think also like he doesn't like the torture, but he's so he's not a good eye lord. No. And but so, also again it goes back to he never wanted to be one. You figure it out. Figure it out. Ugh. Like reason. <laughs> so over dinner that night, Ianthe declares that she and Tamlin will be joining them at the wall the next day. Jurian winks at Feyre as she says this, as if to say he knows that Ianthe is scheming as well. Feyre packs her bags that night, and Alice comes in to hand her extra supplies, as they will be traveling to a further part of the wall. She gestures to Feyre to sit down, and she stands behind her and brushes her hair, as Alice has always played a sort of mothering role to Feyre. And she knows more of Feyre's intentions and heart than most of the Spring Court, Alice tells her that she herself is also leaving the spring court in the morning, that she and her nephews are to return to the summer court, to their home, that it has been too long since she has seen it. I know the feeling, was all I said. Because though they haven't spoken it openly, Alice knows the truth behind Feyre's intentions. And again, she's not very good at being covert. I feel like this is a painting situation all over again. No painting in this uh, episode. No, no painting, but definitely one. Uh, I think that she's like, yo, oh, you're doing really well at being a spy here, when in reality she's not. Um, it's just because of the uh, brute 
stupidity of Tamlin that she's even getting away with these things. Yes, it's true. But also Alice is clever. I mean, Bark knows what Bark wants. <laughs> you know that phrase. That's like an old, that's that's like a Middle Earth phrase. Mm, yeah. You ner- you Lord of the Rings yeah, nerd. Yeah, look at my cloak. <laughs> um, so <laughs> Alice tells her that she wishes her well for the rest of her days, however long that may be. She seems to always know the game that Fair is playing is unsafe, and she's maybe a bit deceptive, but seems to accept her for who she is, maybe even approve of who Feyre is. Feyre is honest with Alice and tells her there's a blood ruby with her name on it. Alice, being from the summer court, of course, would know what that means, and she's a little taken aback by it, but it doesn't change her feelings for Feyre. Alice squeezed my hand. How do I do her Blood, ru- <laughs> yeah. Blood, Ruby, or no, you will always have one friend in the summer court. My throat bobbed. And you will always have one in mine. I promised her. She knew which court I meant, and did not look afraid. Mm. Hi, lady. Hi, lady. Which I thought was a nice interaction. Yeah. She has so few allies and such limited family love. It was nice she had a maternal figure by her side during all of this. Even if she was covered in bark. Especially because she's covered in bark. Aw, that's sweet. Yeah. The next day, they all head out to the wall, and Feyre is feeling rather weak, which she attributes to winnowing even more people. As they set up camp, Feyre meagerly asks if she can share a tent with Ianthi instead of Tamlin, serving several purposes. One, not having to sleep next to Tamlin. Woo. Two, is it is disarming Ianthi, making her think that Feyre doesn't suspect her and wants to make friends again after the whole sentry situation. Um, so Ianthi's like, oh, see, she really wants to suck up to me because she knows how powerful I am. And three... It's also she's trying to spare Lucian from Ianthe's advances because she, of course, still cares for Lucian. Yeah. She thinks about how lying next to Ianthe without slitting her throat is a practice in control. But to keep herself focused, she repeats her family's names over and over again. Bit of being a bit of a, an Arya Stark there. Very much so. Except I guess Ar- Arya says the names of the people she's going she's to going murder. She's going to kill, yeah. But, but it's kind of the same it, thing. No, it's, yeah. Very, honestly, it's a very Feyre version of something that Arya would do. Yes, for sure. Uh, but this meditation helps her calm her nerves. Remember, it's the long game, not this petty revenge she wants to do right now, like strangling Ianthe to death. She, yet she awakens, gripping the knife in her hands, and Ianthe wakes up shortly after to see Feyre sitting over her blade in hand, and Ianthe's sort of like, ha, 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 ha. hi, good morning. Oh, were you just cutting up some fruit or something? Feyre's <laughs> <laughs> like, yeah. Yeah, fruit. Yeah, that's what I call up. it. You're a fruit. <laughs> what are you, some kind of pineapple? <laughs> that... <laughs> The day is the twins inspect the wall. Feyre sits close by and watches, eating an apple like a mob boss with a knife. Yeah, again, eating her fruits. Tamlin, Ianthe, Lucian, and the sentries are all off doing other things, so she's alone with the twins. She toys with them. Ah, do you want to join us and have a threesome? No, that's not what they said. <laughs> <laughs> 
So she's toying with them. The twins are having whatever weird conversation they're having at the wall. And Feyre interjects. What do you think they talk about? You I know, mean, what do you think they have in common that they like that they need to discuss? Maybe it's like, oh man, you know, we did a really good job torturing those people yesterday. You know what? Good on you. Yeah. Slurp, slurp, slurp. This is like while she's got his dick in her hand. <laughs> they're not doing it while they're inspecting the wall. <laughs> oh yeah. Feyre's just watching eating an apple. Um. <laughs> I think they're supposed to be talking about whatever magics they're trying to figure out how to like. They're looking at the yeah. whole. Basically, they say in that conversation, they're looking at the hole to figure out like what powerful magic opened this little hole. And they're going to like take notes on it. Yeah. Or something. Yeah. Um, so she she kind of interjects, letting them know that she can hear them talking. They start to bicker back and forth with, e- with each other. Just, and she's slowly trying to pull little precious, precious pieces of information out, out of them through her mockery. Oh, I don't think your armies are going to get through that. Oh, you didn't think about how getting your dumb armies out through that hole? Like, I'm sure they're too big. Like, how many exactly? <laughs> if you were to say, <laughs> if you were to say, if you to go through the hole, uh, <laughs> how many armies? But it works. Yeah, dude. She affirms that there are roughly 200,000 in their army, which is not good. But she got what she needed from their info. Her next movement will take place today after this, like, bickering conversation. She pulls all of the stuff she needs to from them, and she's done. She uses the supplies Alice has packed for her and puts them in one bag, leaving the other two that they brought for her behind. I had numbers. I had a purpose. I had a specific location and the names of foreign territories. And... She's also set the stones in motion to crumble the power structure inside the spring court. Damn! And now it's time for her to exit stage right. Get out of here, girl! She set ha- him up for destruction! Mm-hmm. And walk away. She has set up a mind trap for a sentry who will remember several days from now, after she's disappeared, that the twins tortured her, nearly killed her, and that the sentry came in and intervened to help her escape. That Tamlin and Ianthi refused to stop it because it would affect their alliances with Highburn. <gasps> and now that she is their only stronghold, the only ally to the centuries, the only one who seems to value Tamlin's personal army, they're not going to stand next to Tamlin after they hear what he allowed the twins to do. Mm-hmm. It will be an ugly scene that day. She's already walking away. Not caring that she's destroying everyone inside until she hears Lucian. And she hears a female's laughter. She's heard this laughter before in Rizan's memory. She tries to ignore whatever is happening. She wants to stay focused on her plan. But then she hears Ianthe's words to Lucian and realizes that her toying with Tamlin at the expense of Lucian has made Ianthe jealous. And now she's trying to make Lucian pay for it. This, like, truly upsets me. This scene, like, really, really, like, got me when I was reading, especially the first time where I was just like, you, ew, put her in the ground. Yeah, she's awful. Ugh. Do not touch me, Lucian says, and that's all Feyre needs to hear. She reverses course and heads back towards the sounds. Good for you, girl. I mean, you can't leave him to be assaulted. No. That would make you a monster. She creeps up and sees that Lucian's been bound to a tree, bound with that blue stone that Rizan was was bound to whenever they caught him in the air. And it's that kind that stops powers. And Ianthe is basically assaulting Lucian. 
That's enough, Ferris says as she steps out of the brush like Batman. Oh, I, like the Bat Boys. Oh, yeah, like the Bat Boys. The Bat Boys also would have stepped in and saved oh, yeah, Lucian definitely. as well. They absolutely would have. Ianthe tries to play it off like they're doing a sex game and tells Feyre that they'll see her back at camp. But Feyre knows enough to know it's not going down like that. No. Even though Lucian's really embarrassed and he doesn't immediately speak up. She slams into Ianthe's mind and, see, and she sees a mask over a face of decay. That her beauty hides her ugly soul. And inside of her, Feyre sees but it's basically a serial artist. Yes. It's just like she goes through Ianthe's memories. There's just all these different men that she's forced sex upon. Ugh. She grips into Ianthe's mind, commands her body to stop, to go over to a boulder and place her hand on it. Yes. And she commands her to smash it with a rock using her other hand. Yes. Ianthe thrashes mentally against Feyre's control, but Feyre is stronger. And the scene is brutal. I mean, Ianthe crushing her own hand over and over Just until... Just screaming as she's yeah. crushing her <laughs> own hand? That's fucking badass! It's pretty metal, yes. She commands Ianthe that she will never touch another person against their will. If only we could do that in real life! I know, man. Crush a hand! Crush a hand! She tells Ianthe that she won't remember what happens here, that she's not allowed to heal the scarring. And when she looks at her hand, she will remember her instructions to never touch someone without consent. She finishes up this bit of magic and looks at Lucian, who seems to realize a whole lot about Feyre in that moment. He's shocked. The word you are looking for, Lucian, crooned a deceptively light female voice, is Demati. We whirled toward Branagh and Dagden as they stepped into the clearing, grinning like wolves. Eee! Eee! I don't have to grin like a wolf. I feel like it has to be. Eee! I think it's a lot of teeth. Oh, it's. <laughs> the twins seem unsurpri- as unsurprised as Feyre at the opening of chapter 10. Going somewhere, Feyre? <gasps> Um, so the twins and Farah are now playing the calm game where they're each going, hmm, oh, I see. Like, Whoa. they're not surprised. Don't worry about them being surprised because they're definitely not. No. And Lucian then at this point notices the bag and weapons on Farah and looks devastated as he realizes she is about to leave. But Farah hasn't banked on these twins following her movements. She's been so focused on Ianthe and Tamlin that she doesn't see that Brach and Dagden are also playing the game. We're playing the game of Candyland. <laughs> I am Lord Licorice and I have sex with Princess Frostine. Oh, I guess Lord Licorice isn't. Oh, maybe the mud puddle. Remember the mud puddle in Candyland? No. There's some sort of dripping oozy mud puddle, like a bog man. Oh, really? Yeah, so maybe that's me. That's you? Yeah, mm. and I'm having sex with Princess Frostine. I only remember Lord Licorice. I don't remember any of the other God, characters. God, I loved Lord Licorice. I think that definitely started a lot of um, horniness for me in my oh. head. I think Candyland helped just uh, me dissociate and uh, want to live in fantasy worlds all the time. And we'll care where, where we are now. So did you pretend to be for Princess Frostine There in was this? no sex in my, my at the time. I just wanted to eat. I was... I was you just wanted to live in Candyland. I wanted to lick the walls and stuff. I just well, you can lick the walls whenever you want, Natalie. I can. <laughs> <laughs> um, so, uh, 
Yeah, so she's been like she they were they're also doing this this fuck they're all just manipulating each other. Yeah. It's gotta be tiring to be a Faye, I yeah. gotta tell you. And at first Farah doesn't seem to care much that they've been following her, but then Dagden snorted and finally observed to his sister. I give her about ten minutes before the apple sets in. Uh-oh. What's that now? Uh, excuse me? Baking powder? Uh, it turns out that these two little creepy twins have been crushing up Fabian stones in both she and Ianthe's foods. <laughs> slowly, so slowly adding it in to dull their powers so as not to raise suspicion. That's where all the headaches are coming from. It's why she feels so tired. Yep. It's not because she couldn't handle the power. No. And the final nail in the coffin, that apple she was eating like a boss, it was grown in the gardens of Highburn, being fed a diet of liquid Fabane. <gasps> and it's going to rip all of her powers away. It's got to be really annoying, though, if the entire garden is being fed liquid Fabane. That means you can't eat anything from your garden, so you only use it. So it's all evil fruit that you can't touch. Better not get too drunk around it or you're going to be like, yeah, yeah okay, I'm going to have one. one. I'm not hungry. Um, yeah, you got to be careful. Okay, Garden of Eden much? What, are you going to take my uterus and make me have babies? God? Is that what happens? Um, Bible? Think, I'm of. like a biblist. And everybody <laughs> knows that I know everything about a biblist. A biblist. Um, I, I think you're not that wrong. Wow! Uh, <laughs> that never happens. <laughs> uh, so this is not good news. No. She has not already, I guess you can't just puke it up now. It's already in the blood. Yeah. In her final, final moments of magic, she could choose to leave Lucian behind, but you know a bitch ain't going to do that. Yeah. He's also likely been fed the Fabian, and only the mother knows what would happen to him if she left. Ugh. And so with the last of her energy, she explodes into night and shadow. Sick! And even a thousand years wasn't enough for Dagden to adequately prepare as I winnowed in front of him and struck. Yeah. Yes. They engage in an epic battle. Yes. One that's best left to S Jam to, to describe. Um, although, like, I think it would be really fun to recreate some of these fight scenes. Yeah. Maybe someday I'll, like, be able to make the time to produce those. Or if like, who oh. makes the show? I mean, I'll just do it anyway. Okay, yeah, just for fun. Um, But, uh, yeah, you should read the scene. It's really fun and cool. And there's, like, it's pretty short if you're not reading the books. Um, So... They battle, and Lucian steps right in at the moment, the precise moment Feyre needs to distract Brach. And she doesn't, and, and Brach doesn't notice Lucian winnowing in. Oh! And her head goes, slice! Yeah! And flies across into the grass. Yeah! Dagden screams in rage. That's my fuck buddy! I mean, sister! Oh, oops, same. <laughs> He charges forward but is too slow and Feyre punches her sword through his eye. Yeah. Crushing his brain. In her last magic, she tells Ianthe, who's still prone there on the ground, that she will tell that she must tell them all that Feyre killed these twins in self-defense and fled. Feyre. Lucian's voice was a hoarse rasp. I merely wiped my two knives on Dagden's back before going to reclaim my fallen pack. You're going back to the night court. I shouldered my heavy pack and finally looked at him. Yes. His tan face had paled, 
but he surveyed Ianthe, the two dead royals. I'm going with you. What? Yeah. He's gonna go get his mate. He's gonna get his mate. Even though she doesn't wanna fuck him. He doesn't know that yet. Yeah, yeah. Maybe but I mean, will. look at Elaine. You know, I feel like Elaine's not just, like she's not rigor rigorous for sex. You know, I feel like when we get her book, we might learn some secrets about her. I feel True. like she maybe she's the horniest one, and we don't know yet. <gasps> Isn't that fun? Oh, that is fun. <laughs> um, yeah, you're right. You know what? That's crazy of me. Just because she's quiet and withdrawn does not mean that she doesn't lay it down like a bass. Just because she dresses like a prude. Yeah. You never know what happens under under the skirts. In the nude. <laughs> under the under the skirts. <laughs> so, um, Feyre tries to object, but he won't have it, and so she she's just like, "Okay, don't make me regret this." So he's he's gonna go get his mate back, uh, and they leave. Their magic is all used up now, and so they run. They run and run all day, and now Feyre's plans have been screwed. She was just going to winnow back, but now they have to come up with a plan B. Yikes. They are deep in the forest, and Lucian's not even really sure what's going on at this point, and she's just like, I got to get us the fuck out of here. So she decides she wants to go to a cave shortcut. But Lucian says, well, we're not going under the mountain. And he's like, we go through summer court. She says, I can't. There's blood Ruby. Ruby. I'll be killed on sight. We have autumn court. Lucian knows a place to hide on those grounds. He doesn't want to go, but it's going to have to do. Lucian fell into step beside me as we strode beneath the archway of carved, crude stone, our blades out as we left behind the warmth and green of eternal spring. And in the distance, so faint I thought I might have imagined it, a beast's roar cleaved the land. <laughs> the good roar. Oh my God, I thought Tamlin was here. Um, he's, can you imagine how pissed he is? So mad. So pissed. That's what you get. That's what you get. Things are going to go real bad for him for the next couple of days. Yeah, dude. That um, is what you get. Yeah, and that's the end of part one. We're going to go into part two next week. Yes. Oh my God, so much happens in part one. Yep. And there's a lot more pages left. Oh, my God. We got to go back to the night court. We have to go back to Reed. Yeah, but not yet. No, not yet. Some stuff's going to go down. Some stuff to happen uh, first. And maybe they'll never make it back to the night court. I don't oh. know. I don't know. Maybe the books end after this. <laughs> that would be weird. That would be so weird. But until then, I'm going to be staring at pictures of Tony Mafood, and you should totally look him up um, so that you can thirst in the same way. God, does he have blue eyes? Mm-hmm. Good Lord. Um, <laughs> I'm fine. I'm taken, no, but I'm not he's, dead. He's nothing to compare to our men's. No, our it's men. True. Yeah, it's true. We it don't want true. him. He uh, just has the features of a reason. Yeah, which happens to be, you know, attractive to some people. Anyway, so we're going to go. <laughs> well, thank you guys for joining us. We'll be back next week. Just as horny and nauseous as ever. Yeah, y'all. Please read up to chapter 27 or page 276 in the paperback. And now, Dudes Grappling with Erotica, for educational purposes only. Featuring Holden McNeely and MJ Neffel. 
I stared into the dark, listening to that icy rain, trying to steal the warmth from him. You're shivering so hard, the bed is shaking, he said. My hair is wet, I said. It wasn't a lie. Reese was silent. I'm going to choose to say it like Matthew Reese. Yeah, well, it's uh, from the Americans. It's so dumb. And Perry Mason. Whatever you want. Reese was silent. Then the mattress <laughs> groaned, sinking directly behind me as his warmth poured over me. No expectations. He said. J- just body heat. <laughs> I scowled at the laughter in his voice. But his broad hand slid under and over me, one flattening against my stomach and tugging me against the hard warmth of him. So hard. The other sliding under my ribs and my arm and arms to band around my chest, pressing his front into me. He tangled his legs with mine, and then a heavier, warmer darkness settled over us, smelling of citrus in the sea. Yeah, what does he have, an exoskeleton? I've never <laughs> heard of this type very of hardness. Hard, hard everywhere. I lifted a hand towards <laughs> a the darkness and, and met with a soft, silky material. His wing, oh, he is maybe a bug, uh, cocooning and warming me. <laughs> I traced my finger along it, and he shuddered, his arms tightening around me. Is this just a story about a bunch of bugs? <laughs> Your finger is very cold. Ugh. He gritted out the words hot on my neck. <laughs> I tried not to smile, even as I tilted my neck a bit more, hoping the heat of his breath might caress it again. I dragged my finger along his wing, the nail scraping gently against the smooth surface. Reese tensed his hand and splaying across my stomach. You cruel, wicked thing. He purred, his nose grazing the exposed bit of neck I'd arched beneath him. Didn't anyone ever teach you manners? I never knew Illyrians were such sensitive babies, I said, (laughs) sliding another (laughs) finger down the inside of his wing. Something hard had pushed against my behind. Why are you going to say behind in the middle of a smut? Uh, heat <laughs> flooded me and I went taut and loose all at once. I stroked his wing again, two fingers now, and he switched against my backside in time with the caress. The fingers he'd spread over my stomach began to make idle, lazy strokes. He swirled one around my navel and I inched imperceptibly closer, grinding up against him, arching a bit more to give that other hand access to my breasts. Greedy. <laughs> he murmured, his lips hovering over my neck. First you terrorize me with your cold hands. Now you want, what is it that you want, fair, from this big old bug inside? <laughs> more, more, man. more, I almost begged him as his fingers yeah. try. I sure hope getting that the law fucked. office people I am recording get, this in are loving this. Uh, you get bug slipped. <laughs> there are people doing real work right outside my door <laughs> while I record this. His fingers slipped down the slope of my breasts <laughs> while his other hand continued it, I, its idle stroking along my stomach, my abdomen slowly, so slowly, heading towards the low band of my pants and the building ache beneath it. Reese, it. Reason's hand scraped, Reason's teeth scraped against my neck in a lazy caress. What is it you want, fairy, fairy, <laughs> What I'm butching it up purpose, Faru. <laughs> he nipped at my earlobe. I cried out dog? just a little, arching fully against him as if I could get that hand to slip exactly where I wanted it. I knew what he wanted me to say. I wouldn't give it him the satisfaction of it, not yet. So I said, I want a distraction. It was breathless. I want fun. 
his body again tensed behind mine. And I wondered if he somehow didn't see it for the lie that it was, if he thought that was all I wanted, but his hands resumed their roaming. Then allow me the pleasure of distracting you. He slipped a hand beneath the top of my sweater, diving clean under my shirt. Skin to skin, the calluses of his hands made me groan as they scraped the top of my breast and circled around my peaked nipple. I love these. Uh, (laughs) He breathed onto my neck, his hands sliding to my other breast. You have no idea how much I love these. (laughs) I I groaned (laughs) as he caressed a knuckle against my nipple, and I bowed into the touch, silently begging him. He was hard as granite behind me, and I ground against him, eliciting a soft... Go to a doctor, It was so sexy to grind on granite, eliciting a soft, (laughs) wicked hiss from him. Stop that. He snarled onto my skin. You ruined my fun. Me, mine. Ooh, I wish there was milk in your breasts. Go on. I would do no such thing. I began twisting, reaching for him, needing to just feel him. But he clicked his tongue and pushed himself harder against me until there was no room for my hand to even slide in. I want to touch you first. He said, his voice so guttural I barely recognized it. Just let me touch you. He palmed my breast for emphasis. It was enough of a broken plea that I paused, yielding as his other hand trailed lazy lines on my stomach. I can't breathe when I look at you. Let me touch you. Because I was jealous and pissed off. Yeah, she's mine. I shut out the thoughts, the bits and pieces he'd given me. Reese slid his finger along the band of my pants again. A cat playing with its dinner. Do the bug man. Do, 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 do the bug man. Hey, babies. For more fairy talk and hot touch, join us every week here on LPN Deep Dive's Akatar, available wherever you get your podcasts. This show is made possible by listeners like you. Thanks to our ad sponsors. You can support our shows by supporting them. For more shows like the one you just listened to, go to lastpodcastnetwork.com. BP added more than $70 billion to the U.S. economy in 2022 by making investments from coast to coast. Investments like building charging hubs for fleets of electric buses in California and starting up new infrastructure in the Gulf of Mexico. It's and, not or. See what doing both means for energy nationwide at bp.com slash investing in America. Pulling up to Mickey D's just for drinks? Oh yeah, that's me. Nothing extra, just perfection and a straw. Coming in hot for the coldest cups on the block. Because there are drinks. Then there are drinks from McDonald's. Mix things up with any size lemonade or sweet tea for $1.49. Perfect with our classic fries. Price and participation may vary. Cannot be combined with any other offer. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba.